0: Hey. Okay, is this working? Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it just threw up this activity thing on the corner, and I've never seen that before, so I wasn't sure. Because uh. was, I had the chat up in
1: case it goes caca. So, oh okay. yeah, I just saw that thing, huh? Oh, that's interesting.
0: Uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined by Josh Krugner. Hello. And Justin Ayod. What up? And we are here to review uh, the supposed final film in the Jurassic Park uh, franchise, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, So, uh, what, I guess, do we have any, like, what are our quick first, quick impressions of this movie? Let's start with Justin.
1: Um... Yeah, it was a movie. Um, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't as bad as um, you know, like say Jurassic Park three. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it wasn't a good movie either. Uh,
2: right. Like, yeah. Gosh, I would argue this is way better. Or Jurassic Park three was way better than this. Um, my thoughts are like I was saying last week: the trailers are great. Whoever made these trailers deserves an award because they are a fucking lie. Hmm.
0: Okay. And for me, I mean, uh, this is... uh, You know, I've been a fan of the the Chris Pratt-centered movies. Uh, This is better than Fallen Kingdom, at least, which is uh, the low bar for those. But as Justin said, it's not that great. And I would make an argument that I mean... And I think I started to realize it as I was watching this. Like, there's only so many things you can do with a giant CGI dinosaur. And by the, what, sixth movie in this whole thing, they've probably done all those things multiple times. And it just kind of started to hit me that, you know, maybe a third of the way through this movie, like, I've seen everything in this before already. Um... So it did have some positives. I didn't hate it or anything, but it was just kind of a very I think I called it in our chat thing, like a very much C, C plus like safe franchise filmmaking example. Which is exactly what it is. So um Justin, do you want to try to run through the plot real quick?
1: Uh yeah, sure. Uh, plot LOL. Um so dun 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 Hold on a second. Okay. Um so our movie begins. Um like as if you were standing at a gas station watching the little television thing that's there. Um, because we have now what or what news or whatever the hell it is, um, telling us what happens between Fallen Kingdom and now and how everything in in the world is now surrounded by like dinosaurs being part of the world and stuff. And then um, we find our main characters um, out on like a farm somewhere. I think it's like Montana or something. Um, <clears throat> and they're trying to keep Maisie, um, the clone daughter girl from the last one, um, away from everybody. Know, by the way. Yeah. And, um, you know, if for anybody who doesn't remember, she was the clone of. Um, Uh, James Cromwell's daughter, um, which James Cromwell was uh, Hammond's partner. I forget his name in the movie. Um, And uh, his partner on Jurassic Park. And so uh, now Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are watching her and basically they're like a little surrogate family thing going on. And Blue shows up, and Blue has an offspring, and there are guys that are trying to hunt down the um, offspring. I know it's not really, this isn't really, like, in order, but it's kind of following, the movie doesn't go in order, and the movie is very sporadic with the storytelling, so I'm just going to kind of go down a little bit. Um, <clears throat> uh, so anyway, so um, there are these, like, hunter guys that are both looking for Blue's offspring and for Maisie. And so they end up finding them, and they end up kidnapping them, and then now that sets off Chris and Bryce to go find both Blue's Blues' offspring and the daughter. And so then we also have the original cast, which we get introduced to um, Laura Dern first, and she is investigating some sort of a locust thing that's happening at um some agricultural places farms and so forth and uh, they're getting they're eating all of the um cornfields and soil and everything except for the biosyn ones which is basically in gen now i guess um and so then she goes and finds um Sam Neill and they join forces again And they got invited to Biosyn by a mutual friend, Ian Malcolm, uh, Jeff Globlum. And so they go there on some private jet thing. And they go over there and like a helicopter thing. And then you find out that this Biogen place is in like the Alps of Italy or whatever. And it's blocked off by a like a biodome type of thing where it has like a force field that keeps the pterodactyls in or something. I don't know. And so they get in there, and they're introduced to the guy who runs Biosyn, Dotson, the guy that nobody cared about in the first one, and nobody still cares about. Um, And uh, yeah, so anyway, long story short, um, they have like a little tour of the place. Um, They meet up with Ian. And gives him them uh, a pass thing to get into the bottom floor. They go in. They find the locust lab. Meanwhile, um, meanwhile, while all that's happening, uh, Chris and Bryce are trying to find the daughter. They end up getting on a plane, going to France. I think I'm not sure where they ended up. Um, and because uh, I know the guy that used to work with them at Jurassic World. What works for French secret intelligence or
0: something? French intelligence, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It was in Malta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was it Malta? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. And um, so anyway, yeah, and then one of the other guys that um Bryce used to work with works at the CIA now. And somehow Bryce is like obviously number one at the CIA, which I didn't understand that, but whatever. Um and uh so anyway, they go off to Malta. She's
0: Greenpeace for dinosaurs.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, um, so they go off to Malta. Um, They find this uh, chick who is a pilot, and she saw the girl when uh, the kidnappers dropped her off at the people for Biosyn. And... So she decides she's going to help the two of them try to find the girl, which they end up finding out that Biosyn has both the girl and Blue's kid. And so they're off to Biosyn as well, and they don't get the warm welcome that Laura Dern and Sam Neill did, and they end up crashing and having to go through all the jungle with all the dinosaurs, and then they end up getting in there. Um... Laura Dern and Sam Neill, once they, you know, get the stuff from the Locust thing, they find uh, Maisie in there who escaped her capture from B.D. Wong and uh, Dotson. And so now they're all running to, like, this tube thingy that brings you to the airfield, um, which it turns out the, like, second-in-command guy, I think he was, um... He is, like, in cahoots with um, Ian about taking down Biosyn and all the evilness that they're doing there. And so um, then Dotson finds out, stops the tube thingy, and then they end up in, like, this big cave um, with, like, dinosaurs and stuff that they used to hunt for our Amber. Um, And then Sam Neill and Laura Dern, um, they... Yeah, no, they were in the tube thing. Uh, Chris and Bryce and the pilot chick, um, they... I'm starting to forget what they did. But uh, they did something to end up going to... um, They end up back outside. Or they try... Oh, no, they were still trying to get into the place. And so they found one of the... um, Like... I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's like the thing in Star Trek where they're like observing um, worlds. I don't know. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, I don't know what to call that thing that they found. Um, Meanwhile, Ian Malcolm takes a Jeep Gladiator, perfect vehicle, and um, finds, huh? Because you have one, don't you? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Finds uh, Sam Neill. Laura Dern, Maisie, and uh, yeah, that's the three of them. And, uh, you know, which I thought that was a little funny thing is that, like, the the other dude, like, unlocks it from the security outpost thing, and then, yeah. like, uh, Ian Malcolm thinks he opened it up with some random numbers. It was pretty hilarious. I liked it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, so they all get in the Jeep Gladiator, and then, boom, they all meet up together. And it's like, oh, I know you. I know you. And it's like, oh, yeah, great. Like, you know everybody just because you're supposed to know everybody. And then um, they all hide up in the treehouse thingy-majiggy that, you know, supposed to protect him from the dinosaurs, which apparently doesn't protect him from the dinosaurs. Meanwhile, um, Dotson sets the locust things on fire and then basically sets the entire dinosaur retreat thing on fire. And so now they're all trying to escape from this biodome thing and they end up going to a helicopter helicopter ends up packing all of them in eventually while the three dinosaurs, the T-Rex, and I forget the name of the other two, um, they all fight for like who's the dominant meat eater or whatever. Um, And the T-Rex and the other thing with feathers win over the other bigger one. Um, and then they all get in the thing, they all go back to civilization, and then they expose biosyn for what they are, and boom.
0: Well, the, the, whole thing the, the whole thing with the locusts, if I remember correctly, was that they were trying to, they had, biosyn had, like, genetically engineered crops and stuff, and they were, yeah. trying, to, they were trying to eliminate anybody who didn't have that so that you would have no yeah. but to buy from them.
1: Yeah. yeah well that, that was that was why they found out that it was just oh yeah i guess that's i guess that i guess that's the reason why it wasn't going after biosyn stuff but yeah i kind of skipped that part but um that's yeah it. essentially that was that was the reason why it wasn't going after the biosyn stuff was because they wanted essentially to be the monopoly on uh soil and feed and you know produce and such right right
0: okay so uh, so there we go Kudos for doing that in under 10 minutes, by the way, because that plot was... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you you forgot
1: like, about the
2: whole B.D. Wong thing, but sure, good job.
1: No, I said... I, I mentioned B.D. Wong. Mentioned I, just mention whole, yeah, I just didn't mention the whole... Yeah, I just didn't talk about the whole thing.
2: genetic he thing. He's right? you know, magically becomes a good guy at the last 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, I know, and that he looked homeless, and that he was, like, trying to... Yeah, he, he took Maisie and the and blue's offspring. So that way they could do some kind of genetic stuff with humans or something. I don't know. Honestly, I really wasn't following all that. So I kind of ignored a lot of that,
2: but you you also (laughs) forgot that, uh, Maisie is no longer a clone clone, but she's the sort of daughter of a new legacy character that apparently was there all along and responsible for everything. And the bestest ever named Charlotte, who of course died because, you know, we've never seen her before. (laughs) And all the characters knew her and were like, oh, she was wonderful.
1: It wasn't. I thought that wasn't in the second one that she, like, carried no, the clone or whatever. Up, they
2: made that up for They're this new? one. Oh, um, I I, I'm with him. I thought they, like... Yeah, I
1: thought that was in the second one.
2: No, in the second one, they just said that he had a daughter who, like, got sick and died. In this one, yeah. it was, oh, she lived a full life, got herself a daughter, and then died.
0: Oh. Oh, okay. 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 Well,
1: yeah, I mean, technically it is her daughter, but it's just that she, I don't know, put it in her, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of uh, all the stuff from Picard 2, honestly, Picard Season 2, with the whole, like, multiple clone things or whatever. We're not going to get onto a rant, John, don't worry about it, we don't have the time. (laughs) Time! We don't have time for time!
0: less we ever have to talk about that again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So basically, like the movie, the trailers advertise, you know, what would the world be like if it's overrun with dinosaurs, which it's not really. They're just kind of there in some scenes. Um, And then the movie is about, you know, giant locusts that are eating crops and then dinosaurs when they need it.
1: well, it is overran for, like, the first, like, five minutes of the movie where they do that, like, you know, I I only equate it to the uh, the things at the gas station because the things at the gas station with the little TVs, they have, like, that what now, uh, what's happening or check. No, or whatever, I, know. I mean, I mean you can only
2: see, like, 12 dinosaurs in all that footage. I mean, like, there's a thing in the ocean that they're just, like, letting roam free. And then there's, like, you know, a stegosaurus blocking traffic and uh brontosaurus, like, eating a farm or something. Yeah. I thought the scene
1: was cool where um, um when Maisie goes into town and um, they're trying to, like, move the dinosaurs or whatever. I thought that scene was pretty neat. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That was, that was, like, the kind of stuff I liked in, like, the original where, like, they focused on, like, the dinosaurs and how they moved and stuff.
2: Yeah, that's like, what a lot of gosh, people like about the original.
0: Yeah, too. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of lied to by the premise because after the uh, shit show that was Fallen Kingdom, I remember just being like, okay, well at least the next one if they do that, we'll get the whole movie about like dinosaurs in society and stuff. And that, and like you said, the, the trailers made it look like that's what this was going to be, and then it's. It is that in a very, very, very basic sense. Um, And it just not... You're right, too. The first hour is, like, completely inert. Like, nothing happens whatsoever. Um,
1: And I was very disappointed because I went to this nice theater down the street from my work, and they redid everything, which I didn't realize they redid everything over COVID. And um, they got, like, trays now on the seats... And um, they have this other theater that like is kind of like IMAX almost, but it's like their own special version of IMAX. And it was actually really cool. They had like, you know, they have a bar now and stuff and all kinds of things. Um, and I'm like, I really should have just saw Top Gun for the third time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
2: yeah, basically, like you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the new characters, you know, are, are boring as shit. I mean, you don't remember their names. Um, they really had nothing to do in this movie. Like, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard Claire didn't even need to be in it. Um, they basically replaced oh God, her with the that was, that was pilot, and then everything is just Owen, um, Chris Pratt. The originals really didn't need to be in it, but they just came back to do, like, you know, the Member Berry big spots, and then, like, meet up with the other ones and kind of do the passing of the torch. I mean, the movie was really just about the locust and the little girl... Um, I did laugh when she opens the door to let dinosaurs out into the world because that's what she did in the last one. That was pretty much that. And just Jeff Goldblum was the only time I really laughed. I mean, he was great. He was having the time of his life. Um, Dodge oh, was, was a, was a, a terrible, terrible villain. villain. Like he was super incompetent. They built him up like this weird Steve Jobs type. He didn't seem that intelligent. He didn't know what the fuck was going on in his own company. Like, he didn't know what the dinosaurs were or what they could do. He hired Ian Malcolm. He had, like, three people double-cross him. I mean, the whole thing was bizarre. And then, like, tries to go out and they catch fire, and they just go out into the world. I mean, he destroyed his own thing by doing that. Why would you build a room where they could easily get out and not have a failsafe that closes? Also, LOL at him having the
1: Barbasol can.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they did that. Like a spitter got him. James had got Nedry. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it was definitely memberberry jokes. But like, if people didn't really remember him, like, I most people who saw this movie had no idea that's who he was.
0: I wouldn't even remember who he was if we hadn't watched the original the week before this to do the pot on it.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, they well they kept they kept calling him by his first name, which I forget it now. But then then it said something about Gotson, and I'm like. Oh, Dotson. I'm like, is yeah. that, like, Dotson, Dotson, nobody cares? Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently nobody still cares. Yeah, that
0: doesn't much. Uh, yeah, and I guess my, I did have one larger question. Like, I know they they promoted this as if it's going to be the last movie of, I I guess, the last movie they intend to do of these. This seems to be doing pretty well do we think they're going to go back on
2: that? Uh, I mean, anything is always possible. It's a question of, you know, if the new people want to come back, because the originals probably won't. And uh, it's a question of, you know, how much money is it going to make, and what do they want to do with it?
0: Yep. I did enjoy...
1: It did did drop like 61% or whatever week to week, so I don't see it making a ton of money. Yeah. Um...
0: Yeah, I did enjoy the, I mean, and maybe it was just on a very basic, like, nostalgia level, but I did enjoy the stuff, like, towards the last 45 minutes where the Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam got together with Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and stuff, like, I at least thought that stuff was fun. Um, but I guess my problem is, like, it felt like every action sequence, and granted, they've done what? Six of these movies now between the two sets. I mean, it felt like every action thing was something they'd already done somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was just... I mean, maybe the bike chase thing in Malta, at least, was... I can't remember if any of the other movies had anything similar to that. No, I mean, that
2: part, it felt like they were just trying to rip off James Bond.
0: I kind of feel like Bond or Born or one of those... Yeah. Like, um, Maybe Pratt secretly wants to be Bond. I don't know. Um,
1: Or even even Indy.
0: Yeah, which, you know, there was a lot of talk about him uh, taking that over at one point, and I'm guessing sort of went away. But, yeah, I mean, I felt like um, he he was trying, and the original folks were trying, and you're right that Bryce Dallas Howard didn't even need to be there. Like, every time she showed up, I was like, oh, God, this
2: again? Ugh. Um... I mean, she didn't want to be in the movie. She kept, like, putting on more layers, like, it was weird. Um, You know, we have another, basically, Reva character who was, like, bad for a minute, and she's, like, a black lesbian who, like, can do anything. But she has a plane that has no parachute, and the only seat that has a parachute is not the pilot seat, but the seat all the way behind her that's the ejector seat. It made no sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the most abrupt, like, I go from being, like, the completely unprincipled Han Solo character to, like, oh, I want to help everybody. It was, like, three minutes. Like, yeah. We had, like, one one discussion with Bryce Dallas Howard about parenting, and all of a sudden she's like, I, I just, and not to sound like a sexist prick, but I could just hear, like, oh, my ovaries hurt, I have to help this woman. <laughs> you know?
2: Seriously, I mean, like, you, it's you know, bad writing one Oh one, like, you know, they want to do this thing where like, you know, the female characters, especially those kinds are like the best ever. And everybody loves them, especially the other female characters. But like, if you're writing her to be a villain, like she was with a group of like trained mercenaries that like steal children and dinosaurs. This is not the type of person who has a never done that shit before. And B is about to have that kind of a change of heart. Like this is a person who's been like, you know, through combat and, you know, is not a good person and has, like, their own issues, probably substance abuse problems and has been, like, doing this for decades. And then she's like, oh, well, I only ever, like, moved cargo and then I saw they had a kid. And it's like, bullshit. If you're meeting with this kind of syndicate, you've you've done this shit before. You knew it was going on for a long time. Yeah, it just
1: think, seems like they didn't do their research on that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, they well, didn't I mean, do their research on like, what
2: they do. Yeah, they want to write these characters, They're like, well, isn't she cool and badass? But oh, she's also like you know, super good and gonna save the day. And it's like you can do both, it takes more than one movie, usually, and effort. It's like you can't do it in the space of an hour. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean one the of the main way, problems there's is there's that there's like
1: two, two and a half movies here.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. There's a better it way. To from, like, it goes from like the weird, like James Bond ripoff, to like you know Jurassic Park member berries with the side of Dino Crisis, uh, and then like by the time you're in the cave, it's like you know why is this movie still going? Mm.
0: Yeah, I started to, I started to tap out around the cave too. I was just like, why is this so long? And you know, very little has actually happened up to this point. And it's like. And in a lot of those cases where there's not a lot of action or whatever, like I would think they would at least be trying to get you through on like the character interactions and stuff. But like, you know, it's basically just Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard whining about being parents.
2: And, uh, yeah, like they they had no chemistry together in any of these movies, and she's no, just they awful. I think she would have worked better as his foil. Like they were setting up in the second one, and then of course they went back on that. But this one. Like, the, you know, I'm, I'm not going to defend any of the Jurassic World movies, but at least the other two still got the concept of people want to see dinosaurs and they want to see like the special dinosaur. So like, you know, the first one obviously had the T-Rex. I'm going all the way back. You know, Jurassic Park has the raptors. The raptors are like the be all end all. If you go to the Lost World, you have two fucking T-Rexes and raptors. Um, the third one has that stupid dinosaur. I don't even really remember what it was. But then Jurassic World, you've got the uh, Indominus, which basically is like the direct foil to Chris Pratt. And then the big secret is, oh, you know, it's got raptor DNA and it's going to take over his raptor pack. And the second one, you've got the uh, Indoraptor, which, of course, is just, you know, another raptor, but it it can, like, turn invisible or whatever the fuck it did. I don't remember. And this one, it's literally just the old T-Rex and then they're like, oh, and we have an allosaurus and whatever the feathered thing with the Freddy Krueger hands was.
0: Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. I was trying to figure out if that was a real dinosaur or not the ginormous fucking hands. I was like, how would that even function? Like- yeah,
2: I looked it up. Apparently it's real. I mean, it, it's like I was saying last week. It's one of the ones that uh, when when Lance saw the exhibit of all the feathered dinosaurs, he just went off on a fucking rant and he was like, I don't like this fucking thing. It's It's not my dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> but um you well, know and then, like even that fight was just pointless and like not that blue is really a character outside of the first jurassic world there was no point for blue to be in the movie it was like they stole blue's baby blue is not a human it doesn't understand blue. It, and like it didn't really do anything it wasn't involved in anything and then they just go and they get the baby and they bring it back it's like okay yep. but you didn't do anything with raptors and like Chris Pratt just did his stupid like I'm gonna put my hands up everybody else do that and like dinosaurs will never touch us it reminded me of uh, fucking Newt Scamander in, in the latest Harry Potter with the crab people We're just yep. walking with the hands out
0: I just thought it was kind of ridiculous too that like want, you know Pratt literally makes a promise to a dinosaur to bring its kid back. And like your whole audience isn't just like walking out being like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they tried to set up like this bond with him and blue, but it's like at the end of the day, it is still a Raptor. We can buy that. Maybe it won't attack him because it had some weird loyalty bond and he was the trainer that was nice to it but it's still a raptor like it would eat his face off and especially if they took its child it would just go back to being like feral immediately
0: right it's just gonna sit there quietly and wait for him to bring it back like yeah yep yeah i get
2: Also, why was
1: also why was blue just like wherever they were
0: Yeah, why did it didn't go very far away from them to begin with? Like it
1: was. Yeah, like
0: they had a house in like Montana, like you said, or whatever. It was maybe a couple hundred feet away in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And like an abandoned school bus. It's like, you know, there was no plot thing of like, oh, he stayed by, you know, she stayed by because of some bond or something. It was just like, oh, it's just convenient for everybody to be like in the same like village or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, to- so that's the other thing in, in the logistics of this. Like if there were, you know, Planet of the Apes, the new ones did this perfectly. At the end of the first movie, they let the super intelligent monkeys go on like the Golden Gate Bridge and they go off into the mist. And then in the second movie, it's like decades later, all of humanity has died of an unrelated plague. And you see like, you know, the ape civilization is like 30 miles from where they started out the dinosaurs at the end of fallen kingdom have somehow like gotten all over the entire world and they're obviously a public nuisance, but nobody does anything about them. I mean, like, you know, realistically forget about the government, private hunters would have just hunted them to extinction within like six months, unless there was, you know, that passage of time, and that many of them, but there never was, there was like 40 dinosaurs total. Most of them weren't even meat eaters or aggressive. Um, and then, like, you do have this weird, you know, because, like, even in the last one, they gave us, like, stupid value amounts for the dinosaurs. They're like, you know, it's, like, $11 million, and we were all laughing because it's, like, it would be, like, trillions of dollars, you idiots. And then in this one, like, you have people that are, like, sort of poaching raptors to use as, like, you know, the stupid uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, like, laser pointer soldier dinosaurs from his stupid idea. But they're only going after raptors, and they're only in Malta, and there was like five of them. It was ridiculous.
0: Here's the other thing. if you can if you can uh, get a dinosaur to do to do that that easily with a laser pointer, Can I train my cats to do that?
2: Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of silly. And you' mention you had offhandedly mentioned the government like, you know, and you you brought up an interesting point about private hunters, but there's no way there wouldn't be, like, a government response to where the dinosaurs actually were in the world at this point. And I find it funny that they made a point that one of Bryce Dallas Howard's little little flunkies gets a job with the CIA, and they do nothing. Like, he's just like, okay, well, you know, the the hunter guy is this guy, but, like, there's no... Mention of, like, some sort of, like, coordinated government program or anything. Like, that's ridiculous.
2: Exactly. And for a movie that obviously had, like, God knows how many re- rewrites, reshoots, the whole thing just feels like a first draft script. So I was thinking of, like, the uh, the new Godzilla movies, uh, especially the end of King of the Monsters. We get, like, all the classic monsters now in the modern day are released into the world, but in this universe they, like, have super radiation and they do things like cause insane amounts of crops to grow and you know they'll change the course of rivers and streams so by the next one even though the movie wasn't that great we do see the change on society there's like entire governments that like basically claim the monster for themselves they fight with each other um, there's people who worship the monsters as like religious icons None of that in this movie. It's just like, yeah, there's some dinosaurs in the world, and they're, like, over there, but nobody gives a shit.
1: Right. Uh,
0: yeah, I just thought it was...
1: Oh, well, it's also... It's also
2: Colin Traro, so... Yeah, um, I expect? mean, he's not it's a the great same director, guy. and he's definitely yeah. not a good writer. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I guess I just... I mean, the thing I kept coming back to was, like, The previous one sets up, like, a massive expansion of the whole thing in terms of scale, and does that in principle, but then when you actually sit and think about the movie, it almost is of smaller scale than the other ones were. And it's like, the vast majority of them just take place on this ridiculous theme park that they keep going back to over and over and over again.
2: Well, that's just it. I mean, it's like, if you were going to do a Jurassic Park, where does it go from here? And the problem with franchises is they have no confidence. When we were, you know, kids, even teenagers, whatever, sequels sometimes would have beats of the original, you know, Die Hard 2, Terminator 2. They repeat a lot of the good beats from the original, but they do them in their own story, in their own setting, mostly with new characters and, you know, or or characters from the original in different roles. And... It continues the story. You know, by the time you got to Die Hard 3, which I don't really like, has nothing to do with, oh, they didn't do the beats I like. It's just my personal opinion. I know it's unpopular. You're in a completely different movie. The scale has gone from building to airport and clean to entire city. And next to speed, it's like the best example of a movie where you hold an entire city hostage. Franchises today, have no creativity, no confidence, and all they do is retread the shit that everybody knows to the point that, like, you know, we call it Member Berries. We we make fun of it, and we point it out, like, oh, you know, the people are going to clap for the nostalgia bait. So if you're actually going to continue this type of franchise, you need to abandon everything that you have. Get rid of the characters. You know, you don't need Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant to come back. You don't need to mention John Hammond. Basically what you do, which this movie showed in the five minutes where it was working, just fucking do a Dino Crisis movie, you know? Set it like 15 years in the future, you know, Biogen or Ingen or whoever the fuck has dinosaurs. They didn't build the theme park. They're trying to build like, I don't know, a dinosaur habitat or something. And everything goes wrong and then someone has to escape. But like Dino Crisis, there's like, you know armed guards and laser guns and it's in the future and and it's basically dino crisis it's a fun video game they should remake it but my point is you know you can't just do another movie about a theme park or you're just going to get jurassic world or you're just going to get something that has nothing to do with jurassic world or jurassic park which is fallen kingdom or something like this and something like this it's like you know it has the window dressing of dinosaurs but the movie is about like global warming and food shortages and um this weird like child kidnapping and then every time somebody starts to get bored with the actual plot they're like look dinosaurs
0: yeah uh, i would almost think this is you know and i think we we kind of keep coming back to this whenever we do any of these franchise movies i feel like but this is this is a very blatant example of like the the way that franchise filmmaking is approached now, where like you said, Josh, back when we were younger, franchises were not afraid to actually move things forward to some degree, but now it's like that these giant conglomerates have so much invested in getting these movies made that like they have to take the safest route possible, and it's like oh let's just do the same thing again and just change like the very basic window dressing elements and hope that the audience is so dumb that they don't realize we're basically just giving them the same thing for the fifth time, you know?
2: Absolutely. When we were kids or when movies were good, because it was definitely before we were kids even, you know, they would put the action in service of the plot. So the largest part of Jurassic Park is not about the T-Rex chasing the uh, the Jeep or the T-Rex trying to break into the Jeep while it falls off the cliff. It's about the power is out because everything is happening at once. Nedry has, you know, stolen the, the saw and he's trying to get out. He turns the power out, strands everybody. You have Samuel L. Jackson has to go down the Raptor hallway to try to turn the power back on. Meanwhile, Alan Grant is with the kids alone in the park at night. And then by the time they get to the fence, that's when the lights go back on. All of that comes together. None of that is action-oriented. In these movies, it's like, you know, everybody remembers the Jeep. Let's do the Jeep thing again. And, you know, if somebody just asked me, like, what was the plot or the, uh, the conflict at a given point in Jurassic Park? I'd be like, oh, well, here it's when the power's out. Here it's when, you know, they need to climb the fence. Here it's when they're trapped in the kitchen. In this movie... It's like, well, I remember the chase. I remember the plane crash, but those are both action scenes. Um, What were they trying to do? Well, they were trying to get to the lab to pick up a locust. And what were the other people trying to do? Open a gate? I don't remember because none of it mattered and none of it was even you know, accentuated by its own movie. It was like, look, dinosaur, look, here's the long-fingered dinosaur. It chased them.
0: I think the problem and I'm starting to realize this with a lot of these franchise movies, and I still enjoy a fair number of them on a base level, but I'm, I'm starting to realize in terms of the writing, like you had mentioned, I feel like sometimes they don't... And clearly, Jurassic Park, you have the book to adapt off of, and, and Spielberg was trying to follow that to a pretty significant degree, although there are some, there is some variance. But uh, I feel like now with these franchise action films... They write the fucking action sequences first. yeah, And then they're like, oh, we just have to build a, a, a bare-bones script around these to get to these things. And then who cares if the stuff around it makes any fucking sense or not? We're just gonna... You know, that's how we're... Because the trailer is gonna be sold on the big action moments, not the, like, stuff in between that should make those things make sense and make those things pay off.
1: Yeah. So well, I mean, think about it. Think about it. Like, Let's take Endgame for an example. So with Endgame, you know it's going to end with a fight with Thanos to change everything back. So they know there's going to be this big giant fight thing at the end. So they basically set that all up, and then they just try to work their way backwards to try to figure out how they get there. And right. then they go, oh, well, let's add in time travel. So they put in a time travel plot in there or whatever. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of yeah. like what this thing is that they wanted They wanted all six of them to be in the movie together. But for some reason, maybe it was shooting. Maybe it was whatever. They didn't have them all together at the beginning. And maybe they thought like, oh, it's going to be kind of like Force Awakens where like everybody meets each other at the end. Oh, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, but the thing that Force Awakens did that was better than this one was that you had Han and Chewie with Rey at the beginning. Like you had them, you know, there, there was a connection with the new cast and the old cast. There is right. no connection right. until the very end where they're all like, oh, hey, I know you. I know you. Yeah. You're, oh, you're a famous Raptor Wrangler. Yeah. Oh, you're the guy that wrote that book you know so like what are we doing
0: you're, you're right i mean the difference is in that unit in the star wars universe and to, to ray and fin to some degree like han solo is a legendary person right and i guess within that the world of like people that are involved in, in the dinosaur thing that grant and Sattler would also be that but at the same time it almost felt like they wrote these things as like two separate movies like you had mentioned there being two and a half movies going on here and it's almost like they wrote the two things as two completely separate movies and then realized at a certain point oh yeah we have to put these people together at some point that's what people want to see and then they just they couldn't come up with any real way to justify that so they just slammed them all in a room and said oh yeah i kind of vaguely know who you are sure
2: You're you're absolutely right, and I mean, you know, far it for me to defend Force Awakens, I still have the same take, I mean, I know objectively how not great it is. Of all the sequels, it's probably the least offensive, and it did the safest thing, which made it, you know, at the end of the day, safe. It not only started with just Finn and Rey, or actually just Finn and Poe, and then, you know, Finn and Rey, Han Solo comes in about, like, probably an hour in, But then he has his room to breathe, which, again, is what Jurassic Park does. You know, you have Alan and the kids go over the cliff. Malcolm and the lawyer are attacked by the T-Rex. And then they're picked up by Ellie. And everybody doesn't come back together because the script is so weak. We need to have every character safe in every scene. They're like, oh, you know, they could be fucking dead. But I guess Alan is okay, and he'll be maybe able to get the kids back. You know, I trust him. And then we have a divergent storyline where we can follow different people and not have to, you know, quote unquote, worry from a studio standpoint. This movie had no confidence in its characters. So every time, you know, the new characters started getting plot centric and they weren't involved in action, they would cut back to the originals and they would be like, you know, look, they're playing with Locust, And then you're right. They just come together in the most hackneyed way. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a Stranger Things fan. I know total unpopular opinions all around for me tonight.
1: But the one thing I
2: will say is in, I believe it was season three, um, the season three finale is, is pretty fucking great. After being apart for basically half or the whole season, almost the characters of the adults come back to the characters of the kids at the site of the final battle in the mall. And the way that they do it is just incredible. That's how you do it. Because from the second they appear in frame, you just get this total emotional weight of people who were worried about each other. People who were mad at each other. People who had these shared experiences beforehand. Coming back together, obviously, they're all relieved. But then they also have this just conveyance of we have both been through some major shit. We don't even need to speak. Now we're on the complete same page. Let's go to the next thing. This movie didn't have that at all. It had. Yes. Oh, look. Maisie like fell down in front of a fence and there's Ellie Sattler and there's Zine Malcolm. And you know, like they, they played like Malcolm was going to sacrifice himself doing the thing with the T-Rex again. And then he was just fine. I mean, this movie took no risks whatsoever. And, you know, I I thought they were going to pay off the meme where they were like, Oh, Oh, and Chris Pratt is, uh, the little kid that Alan Grant threatened with the raptor claw, like everybody on the internet speculated after the first movie came out. Right. And when they didn't do that, and then he's like, I know you! You're a famous raptor wrangler! I was like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Yeah.
0: Here's what I don't get too, as far as, like, the studio approach to this, right? So, you know, I'm pretty sure, and somebody can look this up and backstop me if you want to, I'm pretty sure, though, that of the, of the three... Uh, world movies. I think Fallen Kingdom did the worst, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. knowing that, right, and knowing, oh, uh, this there...
1: one, this one hasn't ended yet. So, oh, we're yeah, not... we're
0: not there. We're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, but at, but knowing where Fallen Kingdom put you performance-wise, and then you know w- with what this what that one sets up, like, and you're literally promoting Dominion as the last of these movies, right? Why, mm-hmm. not, why not go all out? Why Why still take the safe route and come out with this limp this limp thing that like doesn't quite waste two and a half hours of your time, but it comes pretty damn close?
2: Because the people who made the movie had no interest in telling or continuing that story. They wanted to tell this story. They wanted to educate about food shortages and climate change and how evil Steve Jobs is. And, you know, check all the woke check boxes, and then slap on dinosaur window dressing and bring back the originals so that they could jangle keys and the audience wouldn't realize. They <laughs> sold the movie on the trailer. Everybody thought it was going to be like the endgame of Jurassic Park. And it would be like this big war on dinosaurs out in the wilderness. And instead, it's about giant flaming locusts.
0: Yep. And Justin, I want to, to a certain degree, I want to push back on your endgame point about, you know, because you're right about, you know, they probably wrote that big, huge fight scene at the end first and then went back and figured out the time travel thing. But I would argue the thing that makes that at least less transparent than this is that there's plenty of decent character stuff in that movie as well where this doesn't even bother this is like a bunch of people who barely seem to want to be there other than the cash the fucking paychecks and you know like I don't know you know
2: the reason it works in Endgame because you know all the time travel shit is just remember this it's the actors it's their chemistry together it's that it's like the 23rd movie and that we have these relationships with those characters if it was you know all the new ones they have now Nobody would have given a shit, but it was new ones and it was all the ones that we cared about and they really are that good and they always were, and that's why it worked so people do overlook the long boring stretches and shit where nothing happened. This movie, you have characters who didn't have chemistry with each other in their own movie meaning the originals who didn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, so it's all just one sort of big giant two and a half hour soup of apathy at the very, late, at the very best.
1: And they didn't even, like, they waited until, like, the very end to have any kind of, like, contents, like, context, and, like, any kind of weight to the whole, like, Ellie-Allen um, relationship thing. And, like, that was, like, so weird how they wrote that. And then it's, like, I don't know, like, I thought they would have, like, probably tried to play on that a little more while they were together and stuff like that but it's like they just I don't know they just tried cramming so much into this movie and everything was just surface level all around and it was just like oh my god it's like you could have done so much you could have you could have had like this whole like discussion thing between Ellie and, and Ellen before you know she's like oh your life is great your life is great blah 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 just because she hated her life as domestic bliss, you know, And I don't know. I, f- I just feel like there's there was so many opportunities. Like they could have had, you know something else between like Pratt and um and Howard. Like you could have had them like talk about like their relationship and a lot more about like, you know stuff like that. And like they didn't want to do any kind of character development, which was like crazy. I don't know. I mean yes. I guess that's what you get from Column to Trevorrow, and when he you know he basically wrote all 3 of these and then oh. uh and then he did the story or whatever on Rise of Skywalker. So I mean you see one? what we're doing. Huh? Did
0: he write the second one? Because He didn't direct it. Yeah.
1: No, I
2: don't think he wrote the second one. Yeah, he
1: he wrote he wrote the second one. He just didn't direct it. Oh, he did it. write it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway, he wrote all I got
2: to drop out. I'll be back otherwise you guys just keep going. I think we're pretty close to done, actually. I mean, what I think... People... Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. really... I mean, we're kind of all coming to the same conclusion that this is just, like, a complete middle-of-the-road, you know, middle-of-the-road franchise film, I guess. If nothing else. You know... So. We're... Are there any final thoughts that we want to get out? And then we can talk about our other stuff, of course, but... Um...
1: Um, um, I guess if this is going to be like the finale To the Jurassic Park Franchise it, Kind of a bummer I guess yeah, but I guess all of them Honestly I, I don't really like any of the the Sequels to be honest I mean I guess Jurassic World Would be like my Second one and then it's like Lost World after that but I just Remember like Lost World being like Like such a disappointment When I was a kid because i had like you know had was like i had liked jurassic park so much and then there was all this hype around jurassic world i think that was like the first movie that there was like all this like super hype around as like you know a super sequel type of thing and it just like you know landed flat and um you know it's kind of just kind of what this franchise is it just kind of lands flat you know yeah, all but... these like you know all the sequels and stuff it's kind of i wonder
0: do you think there's anything to the idea that like the first one in in i want to say it was 93 right sort yeah. of revo- sort of revolutionized how special effects worked too so like, yep. at least whether you whether you like the story or not there's at least that aspect of it to to hang your hat on if you really want to when you go see it in the theater or whatever by the time mm. this one comes out how many thousands of giant effects movies have there been we're like exactly you're not really, I mean, you're not really doing anything revolutionary anymore
1: and i mean besides the fact that like you know in the first one like everything was great in it like you know the acting the characters the plot the 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 writing you know the special effects i mean you know you could pop that thing in now put it in like 4k and it probably looks just as good as you know one of these you know movies that comes out now you
0: know yeah. Oh, I, and, I I would you argue know. probably does exactly that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it might even look better than some of these movies that come out nowadays.
0: Yeah. I, I would think. But... So. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, I don't I don't dislike what Pratt does as a character in these movies, but it just progressively like it gets between this one and between the first Jurassic World and this one, like he was at least kind of interesting in the first one because it was like a Former military guy who started training dinosaurs and whatever, and then you know by by this one he might as well have had the fucking Andy Dwyer bod back, and he's bitching about being a dad. Like, okay.
1: Well, he well his his whole character kind of reminds me a little bit of like Crocodile Dundee, like yeah. you know, like he's there and he's like you know, like how he was like hunting crocs. You know what I mean? when the you know, on the outback, you know. And it's, like, every time he comes back, it's, like, you know, Chris Pratt saying, like, that's not a knife, this is a knife, and then it's just, like, a bigger knife or whatever, and it's, like, (laughs) like you know, it's, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, he, like, there's no progression with his character, and, like, they try to make him, like, a dad thing, but, like, they don't, they don't execute on it, you know, it's just, like, they stop, they They stop just before it gets interesting.
0: The whole idea of him and Howard even being a couple in that movie is sort of wishy-washy to begin with. They're both kind of like, yeah, we kind of, I guess, you know, and it's not like... Because I think the the kid who ends up working for the CIA asks Howard at one point, like, aren't you and Owen kind of a couple or whatever? And she kind of goes like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Um, you know, so it's just kind of like, you know, this, this whole movie is just a failure to commit to anything.
1: Really? Well, I would have I would have liked to see him, like, it seems like he goes out and, like, hunts dinosaurs or whatever. Like, right. it would have been interesting to see that, like, what he does out in the wild to, right. like, get dinosaurs and stuff. Like, you know, it, that's what it kind of seemed like is that, you know, they, that's what they were trying to get to is that, like, he's not around a lot because he's out, like, doing dinosaur stuff. Right. And they showed what she's doing, and it's like, why didn't you show what he's doing? You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, cause you just show him she, coming home like it's I don't know. It was just very weird. She was
0: she was basically trying to be half ass Greenpeace.
1: You
0: know? mm. So like I, I don't know. Yeah, so I would say if you're my my, my assessment would be if you're like a huge fan of these movies, you should probably sit through this. But i would prepared to be disappointed. I guess. Um. And otherwise, if you're a
1: member, if you're a member of the Jurassic cult. Then you have to go see this. like guy did. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you seem pretty disappointed by it. So maybe we can prevent some other cult members from being uh, equally uh, let down. And mm. um, in terms of other things we have coming up, I assume we will. Uh, I know Obi Wan just ended. We're not going to do that right away because we're waiting for Mister. Oh Perry. yeah. We're waiting for Mister. Perry to come back at least. Um. That's one of the ones he asked us to wait on. Miss uh, <laughs> Marble has a couple weeks left. I don't know who wants to do that aside from me. Um,
1: Probably just you. Oh great! <laughs> <laughs> I have. I haven't even. I haven't even watched it.
0: Neal will do it. I think. Uh, Probably.
1: Yeah, he'll. Yeah, you, you ask him to do it. He'll do it. He'll. He'll, he'll watch it in like a couple days.
0: We'll obviously get some. Uh, some group of people for Thor four. Uh, in a couple weeks, mm. um, I saw Lightyear. I actually really liked it. I think I'm in the minority uh, cause it sounds, mm. like, sounds like most people kind of went meh to that. So I actually really yeah. Liked well, it, it seemed like
1: it seemed like it was getting like good reviews and stuff. It's just that like nobody went to go see it.
0: I think Brendan had a point that like um, and I know he didn't say it on the air, but I think he had a point that people have because of the the business decisions Disney's made with Pixar for the last for the last couple of years, I think people are trained to okay. look for new new Pixar movies on Disney Plus. And this mm. came out, this came out in the theater, and yes. no one wanted to do that. And
2: this one. Well, day- I
1: mean, I mean, I mean, you could you could say that that people are trained to do that, but yeah. I mean, you know, it is the end of the school year, and it is something to bring the kids to, and it's like, you know, you couldn't even get. Parents to bring kids to this movie. I mean, what else is there that's kid oriented? I mean, yeah, sure, you can bring them to Jurassic World, but it's like that might be a little too much for some of the younger kids. Oh,
0: yeah. And, you know,
1: I don't them. really know if they would want to go see Top Gun Maverick. So it's like, you know, that, there's like a perfect age group maybe? for Lightyear.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought this was going to make bank. And I mean, you know, 50 million is not terrible, but. And I almost think a lot of times the margins are lower for animated movies anyway, but Disney was projecting 80. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, it's, and I don't even, I I don't even know if it's going to get 80 by week two.
0: Yeah, I mean, if the drop, the drop is half, it will get close to that. But yeah, that's, I mean, this is pro.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, but the, but the drop, the drop being half is like, is like a good thing. Like that's yeah. on the plus side. Yeah. Like that's, if that's if like... you open low, like usually the drop off is pretty bad. Like I mean, Jurassic World dropped off sixty percent. I mean, yeah. I could see I could see Lightyear dropping like you know at least sixty percent, maybe yeah. more.
0: That depends on what like the word of mouth from people like me and my wife who actually went and saw it, and you know she was kind of middle of the road on it. I loved it. I mean, uh-huh. I think because I. I kind of my whole thing with these pixar movies is i sort of and obviously when i was a kid and when you know and when, when josh and brent and i were kids and you're back kids, and yeah we're kind of vaguely talking about light year now um oh, okay so like when i when josh and i and brent were kids and obviously justin you're a little younger than we are um you know, things like Pixar doing what they're doing now didn't even exist. So, like, I try to look at these, you know, Pixar movies as like, what would this have done for me when I was 10 years old? If this had been released when I was 10 years old. And Lightyear probably would have been my favorite movie in the world if I saw it when I was like 8, 9, 10. You know, because it was just, it was like a, a decent little baby science fiction movie,
1: which... Well, I was, I was five years old. I'm gonna date you. I was five years old when the first Toy Story came out. Okay. And man, I was blown away by that movie. Little five-year-old Justin loved Buzz Lightyear. And then yep. you find out that he was voiced by Tim Allen, the Santa Claus, and uh, Tim Al. Uh, you know, uh Taylor. Uh, Tim Taylor. Cool man, I was like, oh man, I was like, oh man, I was, I was in paradise. I was like, oh man, this guy is awesome.
0: I can see why they went with Evans for this, though because I think there's, yeah. there's um, you know there's some actual like emotional stuff in this movie that I don't know that Tim Allen could have done um, but you know so there'll be some some form of review of that this weekend I haven't just haven't recorded it yet might get my wife on it don't know uh, we're gonna try to do something and if she likes how it turns out we'll run it if not I'll do it again without her um
1: Or have Brent um, do the voiceover.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we could do that. Uh, I also... We have in the can, and I completely forgot about it. I was just looking at our episode list just now. Milos and I did a review of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, that Nicolas Cage movie with Pedro Pascal last weekend, and I forgot to run it. So, because I think we were waiting to see if we were going to do this one or not. Yeah. so, I will run that at some point in the next few days. That's been done and sitting there for a while now.
1: Although, I will say, um, if we're looking for a positive out of this movie, um, I did buy my third Top Gun Maverick uh, movie cup. So, that's a plus. <laughs> there
2: you go.
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't just walk walk right into a third showing a Maverick.
1: Um, I kind of wanted to. I was in the parking lot, and I'm like... Sigh do I really want to see this movie? <laughs> I was like, I'm at a movie theater. I could easily just go and get get Top Gun Maverick. But I had already bought the tickets. I was like, fuck it. I was just like, here's I'll
0: just go. On, here's a note on a Maverick-related note. I had never before last week or so uh, seen the original Top Gun from start to finish. Uh, because even I was... You know, eight or nine when that movie first came out, and I was probably even by that age just watching Star Trek all the time. So it never, it was never something I was interested in. So Corey finally sat me down and said, "You know what? We're gonna. It's on Paramount Plus or whatever. You know, you don't have to pay for it or anything. We're just gonna watch this and see what you think of it." The flying, the flying scenes were fantastic. Like I have no idea how they got the military to allow them to do all that shit. Um, Navy. Oh, okay. So anything where they weren't in the air was boring as fuck. Like, I can't, like, Tom Cruise barely appears to be a human being on camera. I mean, it was just like, I like Kilmer a lot and I liked Anthony Edwards a lot, but like, the rest of it was just like, why is he just talking and and uh... Um, and you know, this the,
1: was, cause this was cocktail, risky business, you know, Tom Cruise, you know what I yep. mean? This was, and, you and know, like, when Tom Cruise was the guy
0: and there's like zero, technically he
1: is still the guy, but
0: there's like zero chemistry between him and Kelly McGillis. And like, he's constantly trying to eat her fucking face. And I'm just like, Oh, oh God, just no. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, I did. I did enjoy it when they were flying around. Otherwise, I was like, well, "When is this over?" Um, mm. I'm sure I'll sit through Maverick when it hits Paramount Plus or whatever it's going to hit. Um, but apparently, yeah, the, I think
1: I think you'll I think you'll like Maverick more than you like the original.
0: Yeah, apparently Tom Cruise is insisting on the and, he, and because he's a producer on these movies, he has actual input into that. Most studios have been doing the forty-five day window thing between yeah theaters and and streaming. He's insisting on hundred and twenty for Maverick.
1: Yeah, so which I think yeah, which I think brings it to September. Yeah, which I'm like,
0: Ugh. well, maybe it'll be like a Labor Day thing. You know, they'll drop it on Paramount Plus for Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I know,
1: but so still that means I gotta wait till Labor Day to see it. Right. Oh well, yeah, I you go should, back to the movies.
0: That's true. Um. Yeah, so I would think the next big thing we'll do is Thor, um, mm. so, which I have tickets for the ninth for that, so we'll get that done pretty quick.
1: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll be going I'll be going that weekend at some point. Yeah,
0: That's I fine. might see Elvis. We have a friend who kind of wants to see Elvis, so maybe we'll do that depending. <laughs>
1: Make on sure you put on your blue suede shoes.
0: Uh huh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alright, we're going to, uh, I think we're holding off on the Star Trek stuff this week just because of schedule and all that crap. Um, yeah. So we're gonna find a way to do, I think we're gonna end up doing, because uh, there's three episodes of Strange and Worlds left. I think we'll end up doing eight and nine as one show, and then the finale as another one, just because I don't think we want to try to do three episodes in one show. Just because it's too much. Yeah, uh,
1: no, yeah, that's that's what I was saying last time. I, that's that's way too much. So. Okay.
0: Well, because we'll end up, we'll, you're right that we'll end up shorting all of them. So it's like, you know, none of mm. them will get none of them will get the amount of analysis we'd want to give it. So We might as well just hold off. Um, yeah. So, I instead of that, expect you know the massive talent review to drop this weekend and Lightyear to drop this weekend, and I'll put this out tomorrow. I have to go do the. Thumbnail and all that nonsense. On yeah. my work, I need my work computer for that, so I will do that tomorrow. Um, so, all right, I think we're good here, right? Yes, sir. I'll just use the robot. Good. Oh, whoops! What did I do?
1: Um, I must have used the robot. Uh, I think I think you have to. I think you have to hit the stop recording thing.
0: Oh, oh, it, oh, yeah. Never saw that before, okay. Alright, there we go.